Hey Crystal Fam and Spiritual Beings, welcome back to the Crystalline Network presented by Our Mother's Crystals. I am Dana, your host, and I'm actually just going to do a solo episode today. What? I haven't done one of these in quite a while, and um, in our story section, either on the Crystalline Network or um, Our Mother's Crystals on Instagram, I give you a chance to ask me anything. And so I've been acquiring these questions over a period of time, and now I'm going to answer your crystal-related questions, or a lot of you had just like personal questions for me about my personal life, and I am happy to oblige and answer those for you. So sit back, kick back, relax, and let's get into crystals metaphysical stuff, spirituality, and a little bit more about me. If you are loving the episodes that we're having, please take a moment and rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast, also on Google as well. And if you don't mind, you can either leave a comment, like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So without further ado, let's get into it, Crystal Fam. Love you guys. Welcome to the Crystalline Network, presented by Our Mother's Crystals. This is a safe place for all those who wonder and wander about crystals, spirituality, all things metaphysical. Hey everybody, it's Dana, and I'm here to answer your questions today. I have a multitude of them. Some people I will mention by name when they gave me the permission to do so. Otherwise, I'm just going to start going down my list and we're going to talk crystals, spirituality, and a little bit more about me. I'm always happy to help you in any way that I can, especially in your spiritual, metaphysical, and crystal journey. So the first question I have here um, is from Jen, Jen 17 She asks, what started your crystal journey? So I did touch on this um, a little bit in our debut episode. So if you guys are interested, you can go back and check out episode one where I talk a lot about my own personal spiritual awakening and journey and how I got into crystals. But to answer this question just kind of shortly, um, crystals really came into my life when I had my spiritual awakening after I got divorced and um, was going through a rough patch of losing my job. And I started just diving deeper into all things spiritual related. I really, really got into Reiki. And the Reiki practitioners that I went to for healing, every single one of them used crystals. And when they would place the crystals either on my body or use them in a certain manner during their Reiki sessions, I really felt the energy amplified. And so I became really drawn to them and I decided that I was going to dive deeper into the metaphysical properties of crystals and how to use them and I also let my intuition guide me with using them as well and what worked for me and that's really it it was like kind of Reiki started everything I had my spiritual awakening and crystals became a very integral part of that soul journey and it still is a an integral part of my journey and it's a, obviously a huge passion of mine I'm a very big believer in how crystals can really change your life for the better when using them um, in the best ways possible which is usually just intuitively guided so that's a quick answer to that question thank you Jen my second question is from Stephen. yes 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 honey he asked, any passions, interests, hobbies 
outside of metaphysical, spiritual, crystal related topics? What a great question. Because most of you guys know me from crystals, from my spiritual practices and shamanism and all the metaphysical things I love to do. But, you know, there is another side of Dana outside of that. While that does encompass a large part of my life, there are things that I'm passionate about outside of that. And I like to call myself, um, it's kind of a buzzword right now, multi-passionate. I don't have just one thing that I just absolutely adore. I love a lot of things. So my first love and passion is art. I wanted to be an artist growing up. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to do. And I went to art classes in school. I actually stayed after in like elementary and middle school for special art classes so I could um, be taught by the teacher privately. And um, I really just have a deep fondness for just drawing, sketching, painting. A lot of you have seen my watercolor, um, shamanic animal paintings I've done over the years. And I do need, I'm getting the hit right now, I need to make more time for that passion in my life because it's, you know, I, I step away from it because I get busy and then it takes me months to step back into it. It's almost like, not that I'm starting over again, but I'm learning to ride that bicycle again almost. But once I get in the groove, I'm good. Um, so that is one passion of mine. Another passion of mine is learning. I will preach that to you guys. Always be learning and expanding your knowledge in whatever it is that you want to learn about. So I am a forever student. Right now, one of my passions is my studies with the University of Metaphysics. I am currently in school getting my bachelor's for that. So that has become another passion, focus, interest of mine. Um, some of my hobbies I love to do is make jewelry. Um, a lot of you may know that I make crystal beaded jewelry. Um, I love just being creative in that way and getting in that flow and letting all the world disappear. When I get in the flow of creating with crystals and creating something beautiful that somebody can wear and kind of absorb that crystal medicine during their day, something just takes over me and it's like I am guided by spirit and time stands still when I'm creating. So that's one of my hobbies that I absolutely love. I also really enjoy reading. So um, being part of being a forever student is reading for me. And I thoroughly enjoy um, books on just spirituality, learning about the chakra centers. It could be anything and everything in that realm. I enjoy all of it. Um, but I also like a good, you know, just book that has nothing to do with that as well. So maybe a um, fiction type of novel or something of that nature. So that's one of my passions and my hobbies as well is reading um, and carving out time to do that type of thing. Another passion of mine is um, I, what I really want to get into is learning ceramics and how to throw pottery. I would love to be able to mold something out of nothing and get into pottery. That would be another one. Oh, and something that um, maybe I shouldn't call it a hobby or an interest, but it definitely is a passion. I have decided in the past year to spend more time with friends and with family and getting together with people where I have been known to turtle shell quite a bit and just kind of spend time alone. I, it's probably an Aquarius trait 
Um, I, I do enjoy a lot of time alone. I've also been encouraged and kind of pushed by spirit to get out of the box and to have more fun time with people that I, I like to be with. So I have really made it a priority in my life to just start hanging out with my friends and my family and having a good time and experiencing new things. I think experiencing new things as well is something that keeps us young at heart and something that keeps us excited and in a very high vibration. So that is something else that I have been encouraging myself to do. So thank you so much for that question, Stephen. I love you. And then we have a third question here from Cindy, Cindy Stones, SF. She said, how do you truly manifest when your natural inclination is to prepare for the worst? Well, my goodness, this is a phenomenal question and one I'm sure many of you can relate to. So I feel like this answer is, um, it's all encompassing. There's a lot of different ways we can go with this. So when truly manifesting, what it comes down to is the feeling behind the thought. So you really have to be able to feel what it's going to feel like when you actually get your manifestation. And you have to think of it in your mind as that it's already happened. But what is it going to feel like when that does happen? And so it's important to walk your everyday life as feeling it has already happened. Now that can be quite hard to do when your natural inclination is to prepare for the worst. So what I would recommend here is there is a need to rewire the subconscious. And how do you do that? There's a multitude of ways to do that. I'm a huge Joe Dispenza fan. Um, Joe Dispenza meditations and his book, Becoming Supernatural. He takes the science behind the brain and pairs it with the metaphysical. And he pretty much teaches us how to retrain and rewire our subconscious. And it does take some time and it takes some work and it takes some practice. It's not something that you're gonna do it once and bam, it's gonna happen overnight. You do have to put into the work. Your brain and your subconscious did not become this way overnight. So in turn, it's not gonna take an overnight fix to get it fixed. So I would recommend doing affirmation types of meditations, just starting out, or maybe just meditating daily. Meditating daily is actually going to help raise your vibration and help you to get into your subconscious brain more effectively. And when you're able to do that, then you're able to rewire it with the positive affirmations, with the everything is always working out for me, you know, those types of things. And then, you're going to be able to start truly manifesting because you're coming from a place of love and you're coming from a place of feeling and you're coming from a place of ultimate trust in the universe is going to provide for you. So I would definitely work on meditating every day and then working on rewiring that subconscious thought that is in already in your brain, but it, it can go away. We have the power. We are the ones in control here. Our brain is not. We have the control over it. So Cindy, thank you so much for that beautiful question. I do want to um, alert anyone that's interested in manifesting with crystal magic, which I highly recommend. Two of my all-time favorites for manifesting abundance, prosperity, 
and also assisting us with getting in the vibration of I am worthy and uh, what it's going to feel like when I have what I have, that joy you're going to feel. I love citrine for this. I have a smoky, celestial citrine here. And then I also love malachite for this as well. And I have a malachite stone here, but these come in different forms. But those would be two of my favorite crystals to assist you with getting in that vibration and assisting with you manifesting. So my next question here is the best crystals for anxiety. Oh my God, I get this asked all the time. Probably one of the number one questions um, I get that's crystal related um, and the, you know, what crystals are best for what? So for anxiety, nervousness, an overactive nervous system, my go-tos are always lipidolite. I have it here in a free form. It will come in very light lavender purples, as you see here, to very dark purples. And um, there will always typically be mica in mixed in with the lipidolite. This has natural lithium content within it, and the lithium... Um, just naturally in the crystal is a natural calming agent for the nervous system, the brain, so on and so forth. So you can obviously say, oh my gosh, you know, this crystal is definitely going to be conducive to helping me calm down. I always say when you just need to calm the F down, people grab your lipidolite. One I like to pair with lipidolite especially is halite also known as white buffalo by the Native Americans. It almost has a marble look to it, and halite is very calming and soothing. So if you just need to calm down, you need to get things under control, you're feeling a little overactive, pairing the halite with the lipidolite is like a little powerhouse of energy, of crystal medicine. Now, you can always use these types of crystals on their own, but um, many of you all know I love pairing my crystals and making them a duo and again creating a little powerhouse of energy. Another one that you can think about using is lithium quartz. So again, going back to lithium, a lot of our um, anti-anxiety, depression types of natural or not natural, but a pharmaceutical um, medications have lithium in there. So this is a more natural approach to calming down the nervous system, helping to stabilize the mood or even uplift the mood. So these three would be my go-to for anxiety, lipidolite, halite, and lithium quartz. This is a fun question. Um, what do you eat if you're vegan? So many of you remember maybe from my origin story of how, how I spiritually awakened, I did become vegan overnight. And um, that was a major, major part of me, I feel, cleansing the body and becoming a very open channel for spirit to come through. And I still believe that. However, I am not actually fully vegan anymore. I have transitioned out of veganism, not for any one purpose other than I just felt called to do so. So what I do now is I more so intuitively eat. So while a lot of my diet is vegan-based, lots of fruits, lots of veggies, lots of beans, I will incorporate in things that are not vegan. Um, maybe poultry, fish, sushi, for instance. I love sushi. And so things of that nature I have incorporated back in when I feel like my body needs it. And so I really do 
get in touch with my body and I ask, what do you need today? There are days where I feel like I just need to have celery juice in the morning. I need to have my smoothies made of fruit and veggies. And that's what I will have throughout the entire day. But then there's other days where my body really is calling for something more. And I listen to what that is. Now, nine times out of 10, it is not gonna be anything meat or dairy related. Um, for me, I feel that that is, um, it makes my body very sluggish. It does not help me to be an open channel for spirit. And I just don't feel good when I eat any type of dairy or maybe a meat-based product. So I have learned to incorporate in a lot of the other types of plant-based meat instead. Now, those are processed foods as well. So there's a lot of controversy over where they're are they even good for us? I feel like they are better for us than, you know, eating actual meat, but I have no problem with anyone and whatever they decide to do with their body. I'm not here to judge anyone. But for me, I'm I'm not actually vegan anymore fully, but I do still incorporate a lot of fruits and veggies and beans into my regular diet. But I also listen, if my body's just like, man, I, I want, let's see, I want a donut today. It's really not great for my body, but I listen to it and I give it what it's, it's craving that day. And I ultimately do feel better when I do it in moderation. I think that's the key there everything in moderation. All right, next question. What is your favorite crystal for grief? This is another one I get asked quite a bit, and I brought two of my favorites out for grief. Also, we did a beautiful episode with Brittany Derenbacher, and you can go back and watch that episode, and it is all about grief, and she specializes in that, and we do go into a lot of detail on how to process what to do and the crystals we, we both prefer for that. But a real quick short answer, my number one, without a doubt, is always going to be Apache Tears. This is a form of obsidian, and um, it is great for a grieving heart, um, helping you to get over the grief, helping you to feel comforted and grounded, even if you're grieving. This is the number one crystal I could recommend for that. So Apache Tear Obsidian. Second, I always gotta put in some Rose Quartz, baby. Rose Quartz, the unconditional love stone. Oh my gosh, you've got to love yourself and be graceful with yourself during your grief. Don't judge your grief. Don't judge how long you are grieving. Everyone is different. There is nothing wrong with saying, I had someone tell me the other day, I've been grieving the loss of my pet for two years now. It's okay. There's no time limit to that. And don't judge yourself for not being over it yet. One person might be able to get over something like that in a week, a month, a year. Not everyone can. And Rose Quartz helps us and reminds us to love ourselves enough and to be graceful with ourselves during the entire process. So pairing these two together is a great idea for anyone that is grieving or going through a period of time like that. So Apache Tear number one and Rose Quartz number two. Ah, love this question. What is your spirit animal? I think I touched on this during my initial intro origin story episode, but maybe I didn't. Um, my spirit animal 
um, which I refer to as a power animal because I do practice shamanism and I actually met my power animal um, via a shamanic journey. Um, so I refer to it as a power animal. Mine is tiger. So you'll always hear me say I love me some big cat energy. That is probably one of the reasons why. My power animal, which is an animal um, energy or spirit that has been with me since birth and will be with me throughout my entire life, is the energy of the tiger. So very courageous, um, stealthy, um, powerful. But I think the main thing from tiger is courage. You know, just to always step out in my day and my life and hold myself knowing that I am in full control and I am the power and having the courage to go out and maybe not step to the beat of everyone else's drum, which has kind of been a, um, a thing in my life, really. Like I'm always off the beaten path. I'm not necessarily always wanting to do what everyone else is doing. I want to do it differently if, if they are. <laughs> um, and Tiger really, truly helps me feel comforted and in my power and courageous enough to go out and do the things that I really, truly want to do. I mean, uh, talking about our mother's crystals and starting the business, for instance, never in a million years would I have felt I could have done that without the help of my power animal tiger. Seriously, that my tiger was an integral part of me having enough courage to do so. I didn't come from a family of business owners. I didn't know how to start a business, but Tiger was there to give me the energy in order to switch the mindset and to give me the physical energy as well in order to research and then put all my plan into action. So yeah, Tiger is my power animal very, very near and dear to my heart. Ooh, okay, I love this question. Who is one person, past or present, you'd love to have dinner with? How fun are these questions? I love this. Okay. There's so many. But there, I'm, I'm looking at her picture right now. As a matter of fact, she just caught my eye. My great-grandmother, who was called Ma, just M-A or M-A-W, um, she passed away when I was quite young, but I have a very deep energetic spiritual connection to Ma. And I just, I feel like her and I would get along so great. I feel like her and I are just kind of one in the same. We have the same energy um, that we would just hit it off. And we do, we hit it off in this on the spiritual side, but if I could just sit down and have dinner with her and pick her brain and ask her things and um, just get to know her a little bit better, I think it would be so, so enriching. Now, I do have the opportunity to do that from the other side, and I do do that on a fairly regular basis with her. She is one of my spirit guides, and she does help to guide me through um, some of my rituals and my practices and I call upon her when I have questions or when I need help or I need clarity. So she is always there and I have conjured a relationship with her. But man, just to be able to sit down and be in her presence and her essence and have dinner with her would be so amazing. So yeah, it would have to be my great grandmother on my mother's side. 
Um, and then last question here, how do you prefer to meditate? Um, you, you guys know I love meditation. I, I preach that, you know, meditation is key to everything. And actually in my studies right now, um, with the University of Metaphysics, meditation is literally in every chapter. It is the groundwork, the base for everything else that you want to do metaphysically or spirituality based. And um, I prefer to meditate. I actually have tried it a gazillion different ways. I've tried it silent. I've tried it guided. I've tried just music, just singing bows. I've tried laying down. I've tried sitting up. I've tried sitting in a chair. I've tried literally probably all the different ways you can think to meditate. And by the way, meditation comes in many different forms. But speaking just on like mm, that type of meditation, like getting in the zone, um, my personal favorite way to meditate is laying down. So that can be either flat or a little bit elevated on um, the top. So I'm kind of laying at a slant. Um, that's where I can get the most comfortable because I think comfort is absolutely queen when it comes to meditation. You got to be comfortable or else if you're uncomfortable, you're thinking about how uncomfortable you're being during the entire meditation. But it's the way I can get personally comfortable and not fall asleep because I was getting in a, a routine where I was laying completely flat and I was falling asleep during every single meditation and that I don't want to happen either. Um, personally, I like a good guided meditation. I love hearing someone else's voice and um, them guiding me into the zone. Them guiding me to my, um, maybe it's an ancestor or a spirit guide, whatever meditation I'm doing. Them guiding me into an abundance manifestation type of feeling, a vibe. I love it. And I like exploring new and different guided meditations from different practitioners. And um, with that being said, I also do love a good just singing bow or um, maybe just a music background meditation where I just sit and listen to that. I find that I do get deeper meditation when I do those. However, I have had some silent meditations and while those tend to be a little bit more difficult for me, and I'm not ashamed to say so, um, I have learned and grown to love those as well. Though I don't do them as often, I definitely still feel I get so much from them when I do them. I'm not a big believer in, you know, sitting cross leg and sitting with a straight back. That's not doable for everybody. Um, I know my mentor loves to meditate sitting in a chair just like this. I've tried it, it's just not my thing right now. It might be my thing in the future, it's just not my thing right now. Um, also, during meditation, I do have an opening and a closing ritual that I do. So I will um, clear myself, I'll do a smoke cleanse with whatever I have on hand or, what, or with whatever I'm feeling called to use. I'll cleanse my body and I'll cleanse my space. And then um, I do um, some breathing and then I do kind of like an invocation or a prayer to my guides, my spirit guides, my Reiki guide, ascended Reiki masters, angels, archangels, um, ancestors, mentors, teachers. I do call upon my power animal and one of my um, main spirit guides named Asahana and um, I create a space and I invite them in to join me 
and to guide me and to bring me clarity. I might have an actual specific question for them. And then I light a candle and pretty much, you know, allowing that candle to be the beacon of light from their room to my room, making it a safe space. And um, then when I get done with my meditation, I close all of that out. And it, it's going to look different for everybody, but that's what I personally do. I also, of course, I'm a huge believer in using crystals during your meditation to help enhance the meditation. And you can actually pick crystals for whatever that meditation may be. So if you know, you're know you wanting to maybe meditate and um, find a lot of self-love, like um, get into that heart opener, you're probably going to want to use rose quartz during that meditation. But hey, if I'm trying to get my third eye or my crown open, I'm probably going to grab my clear quartz and an amethyst. And I've been really into palm stones lately. Um, one, because I can hold them. They're very comfortable in the hand and or I can actually place them on a chakra that maybe I want to open or work on during that meditation. Um, but with that being said, I will 100% grab a raw crystal and hold it in my hand. Um, it doesn't matter. But I, I thoroughly believe in the power of meditating and holding your crystals or placing them on the body um, during meditation to help amplify the energy that you can um, produce or get or receive during a meditation. So that is all the questions for now, my loves. We're gonna keep it short and sweet today. I hope you enjoyed the solo episode. I don't do a lot of these often. If this is something that you guys are interested in, in um, shoot me a comment on the YouTube video, or you can always check us out at Our Mother's Crystals on Instagram. I'm highly active over there and answering DMs. You can also go to the Crystalline Network, which is the page dedicated just to the podcast and the YouTube on Instagram as well. And I'll catch it over there if you send me a message as well. Thank you guys for being here as always and get ready for more fun material coming soon. I'm going to have new guests on and I'm going to continue doing some more crystal education type of podcast and YouTube videos for you to enjoy. And I'm going to leave you with what I always leave you with. You are the power baby and you are the magic. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Crystalline Network. We hope you learned something today. Please like and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already and follow us on socials like Instagram and Facebook and reach out with any comments or suggestions you have for future shows. Don't forget to head on over to our shop at OurMother'sCrystals.com for all the unique and quality products you want.